kind of old-fashioned cop who preferred working the streets and making arrests to taking tests toward promotion. He was the closest thing New York had to a dirty Harry. This is One Tough Podcast on the OG Podcast Network. Here's your host, Bo Deedle. Welcome to One Tough Podcast. I'm joined here, as always, with Carlo, who's dressed a little down, Carlo. I don't know. I wear a suit. You look like you just came out off the ball field. Ball field. I don't know. And today, we got my really good friend, a New York City councilman, probably one of a very few Republicans, 32nd District in Queens, Eric Ehrlich. Now, Eric, first of all, you were the only one against everyone. When I fought to become mayor of this city and take out Big Bird, you stood by me against everyone. Cockhead Cox, everybody. You were a man of your of your values, and you believed in me, and against everyone, you stood by me. And, and I want to just say publicly to all the listeners, this is the guy. And if you want to send money or a contribution to somebody, he's the guy, because he stands up what he believes in, and against all odds, he stood by me. Uh, you know, when I ran for May, it was kind of, uh, it was kind of difficult, because when I first decided to run, I go see Ken Langone, Steve Cohen, billionaire guys, and they go, well, Bo, we're not backing you if you're going to run as a Republican for mayor of New York. First of all, <laughs> Bloomberg, $100 million and whatever, and he had all that money and he, he bought his way in there. But to be a Republican in New York City wasn't going to work, especially with the advent of Donald Trump being elected president. New York City people hated the Republicans and hated Donald Trump. So I decided to try to run as a Democrat. I fill out the form. I do it. I check that. Plus independent, because I always wanted to run as an independent. I figured if I run in a Democratic primary and beat the shit out of them on all the issues, which I did every turn that I could do, and the issues are important because they were all there, I figured then I could have a shot at him, and I figured maybe Cockhead Cox, this empty suit of the Republican, former head of the Republican New York State, who lost the whole Republican Party, I figured he would come across. Then we had this thing called Wilson Bakula. We are all familiar with that. All I asked Cox was, look it, let me run a primary. Eric runs a uh, a night for candidates in the, the Republican uh, Republican Queens County Republican Club, and I, got, I think 17 to 3, they endorsed me over their own candidate. And I'm not even a Republican at that time. I went to three courts, Supreme Court, Appellate Court, Court of Appeal. When the judge looked just like Charlene de Blasio, I said, looks like her sister. Not because they were black. She looked like her sister. I'm a racist. Everybody's a racist. So then all of a sudden, now I'm running. And then I get told that the judge tells me, and de Blasio's general counsel is in Supreme Court, Appellate Court, and Court of Why would de Blasio send his lawyer to my court when I'm fighting? That's the big question. And one day we should do a call we should do Bo's run for mayor and uh, uncover all these corrupt pieces of crap. Now, we lost, but you stood by me, Eric, and I really wanted to thank you again for being by me. Let's talk about you now. You grew up where? Ozone Park. That's where I come from. I was born in Jamaica Hospital. Uh, no, I was born in, I was born in Manhattan. We migrated when I was six months old to Richmond Ozone Park. I think they pulled out more bullets than babies in the in, 80s. In the Jamaica early, Hospital? In Jamaica Hospital. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every time somebody was shot in Brooklyn or Queens, they were always bringing them to Jamaica great, Hospital. Great, great trauma center. Great level one trauma center. Do yeah. a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how many Republicans are in the New York City Council? Three. Three out of 51. 
Wow. You talk about a slaughter. We're, we're an endangered species. The height was seven. In the 90s, when Rudy was mayor, we had seven Republicans elected to the city council. Now we only have three. There are two in Staten Island, two really terrific guys, Joe Borelli, who I know you know very well, yeah. and Steve Matteo, and, uh, and myself in Queens. I'm the only one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just funny because when, uh, when we were running for the mayor thing, there was a thing called Wilson Pakula. People don't understand where they could have let me, uh, with three of the counties. And I ran into the guy from the Bronx out in the Hamptons and he was, Hey, boy, are you still mad at me? I said, Look, I hate politics. I'm not mad at nobody. I tried to take this guy out and I really believe that the Republicans would have given me an opportunity. I could have. Come, come close anyway, because people hated this guy. Yeah, I think what, what the Republican Party needs now more than ever, especially in, in places like New York, is, is people like yourself with real-world experience. No, no, no. no we no, will never run again, Eric. <laughs> you, I'll be the kingmaker. You become no, the king. No, no, no. My point is that uh, we need people with real-world experience, people who are aggressive, people who know about the issues, and people who want to go on the offense and stop playing defense. We've been playing defense for too long. That's why the Republican Party is on life support in New York. And I'm really hoping that the new chairman, uh, Nick Langworthy, can turn things around. Who is he? Who is he? I don't he, he is the, the Erie County chairman. Where, where uh, from is West, he? Erie. I, Erie, is Erie? Erie County, Erie, New York. Where? Western New York. I'm what sure the hell lot, is that? You got lots of Buffalo. You know, come on. Oh, everybody okay. loves uh, Buffalo. Buffalo wings. And Buffalo Bills. Not so much. But uh, <laughs> they don't have fucking buffaloes i'm just Erie. kidding it's called buffalo but there's no moves around I, I think they're gone but the point is that nick langworthy is a breath of fresh air i think that he is going to work very hard to reinvigorate the republican party if we've learned anything from the past two election cycles in new york it's that whatever we're doing is not working and we've got to hit the restart button if people are sick and tired of the socialist democratic policies of people like alexandra ocasio cortez and the bill de blasio's of the world then we need a functioning two-party system in new york the only way we're going to do that is if we have the right candidates and the right message and the right leadership uh, you know, trying to reinvigorate the Republican Party. Well, you know, New York, New York State is become is becoming what the ultra left wing people with Ocasio and those other three uh, idiots there, what they want the country to turn into. New York City and uh, well, New York City especially is quite left-winged, and they want our country to go in that direction. In reality, we had a couple of opportunities. If we had some proper leadership in New York State with the head of the Republican Party, we could have ran some real candidates. Not that It seemed like they just fished somebody out to run, and that's all, least resistance. You know, I, I, I am frustrated like you, but I, I run into so many Democrats, Bo, and independents who are scared scared to hell about the fact that their party is now being taken over, cannibalized by the far left, by, by a bunch of communists. Let's face it, AOC and Bill de Blasio are not Democrats. I think, you know, my parents were Democrats. Your parents might have been Democrats. I don't Republican, know. Republican, uh, I mean, de uh, Italian Democrats. That, that's what I'm saying. They, they were, Democrats. But, but they were for working people and working yeah. class values. The things that are coming out of the Bernie Sanders of the world and the AOCs of the world and the Bill de Blasio of the world is the antithesis, I think, of the, the real Democratic Party. They represent a socialist worldview. And like the president said the other day, America will never be a socialist country. We're a capitalist country. We're a country that rewards hard work and, and people that play by the rules and, uh, and people that take chances. That's the American dream. The AOCs of the world, I think, are so far out of the mainstream that even as liberal as New York is and, and always has been, I don't even think that they represent 
the mainstream New York values, the things that we know that our fellow New Yorkers really care about. First of all, fringe opinions. Very fringe. I mean, if you look at the health care policies, that they extend health care coverage to illegal immigrants. They don't even do that in Norway. Well, I mean, uh, you know, part of the campaign uh, the president should put up is we should have and run commercials and show the socialist country, show Venezuela where people can't eat, show the health care system of Venezuela, show the socialist country, and then go to Somalia with that one with the Abba Dabba Doo hat on there. What's her name? Congresswoman, uh, who can't even speak English correctly. What's her name? Ilan Omar. What's her name? Ilan Omar. Ilan Omar, Omar, whatever her name is. And in reality, go and go into Somalia and see, first of all, homosexuals they kill there. Second of all, lesbianics are not acceptable in Somalia. These are these socialist countries. You want to become a socialist like Trump says? Well, you don't like this country? Go back to your, uh, Somalia. That's where you should have focused because the other ones were natural American citizens. But in reality, we have this fight in front of us. And this is a very important presidential election because if one of these kooks get in there, we got a real problem. And there was a couple of issues there that I was talking before we went on the air with this Ocasio. You know, there's some issues about her campaign guy, who he's involved with. It's like a group out there that want a left group uh, that want to take over, that want to take over the country to b- make us become socialists. And it's something to look into. It's not the conspiracy theory crap. It's all about, she came out of left field. She's a pretty gal, nice smile on her. But if you notice when she goes off topic, when she's asked a specific question, I don't know what college she went to. Well, I, I, she doesn't even know the answers unless she has her script. She can't go off script. She's an actress. She's an actress that became a congressperson. I mean, let, let's also uh, be fair, Bo. If Joe Crowley spent as much time in his own district as he did in Virginia, maybe he wouldn't have lost his reelection. Yeah. He was the number three Democrat in the House. Everybody said he was going to be the next Speaker of the House. He was a powerful head yeah. of the Queens Democratic yep. Party, and he got beat by a bartender from the Bronx who had never actress, run an actress bartender. So my, so my point is that. This should be a wake-up call for all middle-of-the-road, moderate or conservative elected officials or people who are running for office to say, hey, we've got to work hard, can't take things for granted, and we've got this socialist firebrand politics that, that's creeping up on us, and if we don't change our ways and, and start pressing the flesh and wearing down the leather on our shoes, we we're, 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 we're going to have real- big problems. This is, not, this is not the beginning. Look, Bo, I, I just want to bring up very uh, quickly, a look at what happened with the Queens District Attorney race. The anointed one, Caban, Tiffany Caban, because now she is the, the protege of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Well, they're in a recount. They're in a recount like right nine now. nine votes or something? 16 votes. It's, it's down to 16. But my point is it was a three-way race. And you had the Queensboro president, Melinda Katz, as the Democratic Party official candidate. Curtis's ex-wife. Exactly. You had uh, Judge Lasak, who's a great guy Good and a guy. great friend uh, to a lot of people that we know. And uh, and very experienced, by the way. And then we had Tiffany Caban, a public defender who had a downright dangerous platform that was going to end cash bail, that was going to do away with a lot of the uh, things that, that were very effective in reducing crime. I think some of them... I mean, yeah, well, you want to mention that some of the um, 
crimes that she said she would decline to prosecute include trespassing, disorderly conduct, loitering, welfare fraud. I mean, some you could say something about marijuana possession. That maybe is, you know, you can talk yeah, but about. But he, a lot of the stuff is, this is a crime. These are yeah, but you know, you, wait, 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 Carlo. Prostitution. I, you're a city council member. I'm outraged about what they've passed now. Young men... 17, 18, 19, 20 years of age, commit an armed robbery, stab someone, rob them, no bail. Well, how did that get through city council? Well, it didn't. It was passed in Albany. It was that is the most Albany. ridiculous thing but I've my, ever heard. The point I'm trying to make, Bo, is that it doesn't stop with AOC. Okay, AOC happened, and everybody was up in arms, and everybody's concerned about it. Well, in the same county, in the same place, now we had a very important election for Queens District Attorney, something <laughs> that should be above reproach, yeah. right? And AOC anoints one of her sycophants to run for this office, and now they're in a recount. And if Tiffany Caban wins... You know, I think there are going to be a lot of people who are going to why seriously consider moving out of Queens and moving out of the city. They're going to fear their safety. Now, if I was the head of the New York State Republican, I know I got a dimwit candidate that can't win against, not going to win against, uh, against this, if Kuban ends up taking this thing. Why wouldn't we extend an olive branch to cats and say, look it, we'll give you all, I mean, that's how a real mind, I'd rather have cats in there with her mind than his psychopath left winger well, there's no question melinda would be much more uh, reasonable much more effective and uh, and i think that she would be a much better district attorney overall uh, we had a few conversations with melinda katz but she declined and publicly said that she would not accept uh, the republican party nomination if it was offered to her so she she kind of shut the door on that yeah, one the well, point is this that we have an opportunity if caban is successful and wins the recount which they say is going to be completed by August 6th or yeah, August 8th. Who do we have? Uh, I, there Would are no, LASAC come out? There, LASAC I know is interested. I know that there are a couple of people that work in the district attorneys now that have a lot of experience, that have a lot of respect out there. They are also interested. We are having conversations. We, meaning the Republican Party at the state and local level, uh, we are having conversations with Anyone, quite frankly, who's interested in taking on this fight, because we don't want to hand this election over to Tiffany Caban, because in November, Bo, that is when this election will be decided, not in the mm-hmm. Democratic primary when we had 9% of the people turn out, only 80,000 out of a county with over a million people in it. In November, non Party affiliated voters, blanks, independents, Democrats, Republicans, conservatives, liberals, every single eligible registered voter will go to the polls and will pick the next district attorney. So even if Caban wins the the recount, right, and the primary, Democratic nomination, I can predict that there will be thousands and thousands of moderate, middle-of-the-road Democrats who are going to be, quite frankly, scared shit that Caban is going to be the next DA, that they will vote for the Republican candidate well, if we run the right yeah, candidate. But in reality, Eric, you were the class of the race with this last race that you were in. And, and I won Queens County. Yeah, but it's shake and bake beat you. Yeah, but I, I, I beat Jumani Williams by about 7,000 votes in Queens County alone. Yeah, well, so that's I your county, Queen, too. But I that's mean, my county. But my point is that Queens County will, they voted for Bloomberg. They voted for me. I think had you been the Republican nominee for mayor, de Blasio would not have done so well in Queens 
Queens, trust me, because Queens despises Bill de Blasio. And this is not, it's not just about Queens, by the way, because you have a lot of listeners that are not yeah, from but Queens, got, they probably... Yeah, but you got to understand, and, and, and with all respect to my run, when you don't have any line, yeah. I couldn't find my name on the ballot when I voted, and I came out and I go like this, they had me on the, all the candidates were on the upper left side, and I'm looking for my name. On the bottom right, underneath some Asian guy, was my name. They buried it in the bottom. You want to know something? It was, it was, they just took me out. In reality, they must have done some sort of a name recognition of Poland. And if I had any kind of a line, any kind of a line, they knew I would be able to, to, to swing at them anyway. Maybe not beat them, but I would have given them a fight to the end. Yeah, we, what we need, like I said before, is we need candidates who have the real world experience, but who are aggressive. People that have the balls to say it. Thank you. Exactly. And uh, I was very proud to support you in that race. Uh, well, I'll, never much forget, I'll never forget. Well, look, at, forget about what votes I got. I think the guy who bombed the plane got more votes than me. But in reality, the point I'm trying to get at is when I couldn't even find my own name on the ballot, people are calling me up. Oh, I, I went to vote. I couldn't find your name. I knew I was a down and in. Dennis Moron, Ed, uh, Ed Cox, whatever his name is. I said, just give me an opportunity to run against Malatakis. Nice lady, but she didn't have the umph. I said, if she beats me, I'll drop out. I'll throw my support. He didn't have the balls to do it. And I said right to his face after that, I saw him in a, a social thing. I went right up to him. I says, you know what? You got no balls. Your claim to fame is you married Nixon's daughter. You're an empty friggin' suit. You know me. I tell him like is, I'm not afraid of no human being. I pointed right at his face. He like did not take it. Like when de Blasio sees me, you know what he does? He runs the other way. He's got balls like friggin' BBs. He sees Bo Deedle. T- today, if he sees me, he'll run out the door. He's got very thin skin. I've never met a mayor so thin skin that I mean, and you've worked with Rudy, you worked with Bloomberg, yeah. you worked with Koch, you knew yeah. Dinkins. Yeah, I mean, you, you, had, you had friendships or relationships yeah, with all, all the mayors, them. every single one of them. De Blasio is the most thin skinned hypocrite. 630 at night. He's rushing over to the other guy who, who's his butt boy there. Eric Lewis is his butt boy. And I'll say it, Eric. You're a butt boy because you don't ask him any hard questions. You come in there. Why don't you just have tea and crackers with him? Ask him some hard questions. He's rubbing his eyes at 630 at night, getting into the car. He didn't even make the gym. And he rushes to Eric Lewis with his little softballs he throws at him. Now, here's one of the things, one of the reasons I asked you, Mr. Councilman of New York. Here's one of the reasons I asked you to come over. I need you to bring... Bring Charlene de Blasio, Charlene McClay into the city council under hearings about what did she do with $900 million. Mental health means you have 60,000 people on the streets. They suffer from mental health issues. That money could have been earmarked there. You have people in Rikers Island, mental health issue criminals, but they're mentally they need help. You have my daughter's a school teacher in the South Bronx. You have one disrupted kid with mental health bad, banging his head, punching people. You can't remove him from a classroom. That almost billion dollars could have been used to help people. Now, when she's asked, I think you were there when she was asked what happened to the money. She's talking about different plateaus. The invest- I still don't understand. My, I'll say it right now on the end. I challenge him to sue me because I want to know where that nine hundred. 
$100 million. I'll guarantee you it went to these, what do they call those, uh, 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 the groups, nonprofits. And there's going to be an earmark for some kind of a slush fund that this mayor, he raised one-third of his money to run for president with people doing business with New York City, the same old crew, brings the money in. And now, right now, I want to know all these nonprofits that that $900 million, where did it go? What are these nonprofits? And where did they spend it? And where is that money? I can tell you the chickens are going to come home to roost. The, that's the, racist. The, the, that's racist. Yeah, that's not racist. I, yes. I wouldn't say it. No, I wouldn't say it if I thought it was racist. What I mean is. If that, I said it, they would say it. Every, every, everything you say, they would say it. <laughs> but uh, all kidding aside, yeah. it's not. The government's money, Bo. It's the taxpayers' money. It's the taxpayers' money that the city is wasting. And that's not the only place that they're wasting it. But I believe that with the intense scrutiny that the mayor is subjecting himself to, he thinks he's running for president. He's in Iowa. He's in New Hampshire. He's in South Carolina. He's in every other place except New York City, right? Mm -hmm. And we saw we had the blackout this week, right? And where was the mayor? He yep. wasn't even in town. He had the race back here, take the, the, the red-eye flight back. The point is this, that whether it's the mayor, his wife, or anyone in the administration, if they're wasting the taxpayers' money, we are going to hold them accountable. We're going to go to the press, and we're going to shine that disinfecting uh, ray of light on them because it's the taxpayers' money, right, and, and we're all, not going to let them get away with it. All he talks about is what he did in New York for, for him to run for president. The renewal school, $900 million, a total failure, total failure. The housing, when I ran, I said, look, if they can't run it with the housing authority, let's privatize it. I mean, these are things that you've got to make these kind of moves. Hey, it's not going to be happy, but I tell you what, it would run a lot better if they privatized the New York City uh, NYCHA and then brought the private concerns. you got to do what you got to do, and you got to make things right. The greatest may, I think, that we've that we had one of the greatest. I thought Bloomberg was great. Bloomberg was one of the best mayors we ever had. Absolutely. He got stuff done. Hands down. In the face of everybody. But could you imagine if Bloomberg was still in office, which we, we should be so lucky. I think people would have gave him a fourth term if they knew that we were going to get stuck with this you know, yeah. this doozy de Blasio. Yeah. But my point is this. If, if Michael Bloomberg was still the mayor of the city of New York today, and we had 60,000 uh, men, women, and children in the shelter system, and we had dilapidated conditions in and we had money flying out the window for programs that aren't turning around failing schools. And all of these problems after problem after problem, they would have his head on a stick or on the front page of the papers every single day. And yet the media, I think, a lot of the media outlets, yes, uh, this week they're, they're more critical of him than in the past. But for the most part, the mayor gets a pass. And Why does he get a pass? Any other mayor, the head would be on a stick. It drives me wild. And he tells you how successful. Even when I ran for me, I did my homework. We ACS. You know, I brought out about using retired cops, give them a waiver, let them be the investigators for ACS. That's a great idea. And that was one of my ideas. It's a natural thing because they say we're afraid to go into the housing project. Well, then, you know what? Use retired people. The other issue was the uh, when when the people he hires, the moron that was running ACS, the moron that was running the housing authority, the moron now from Mexico, wherever he's from, that's running the Department of Education. Oh, we only want black and brown teachers. We don't want white. If that's not a discriminatory thing that I've ever heard, they don't want to advance because you're white. You have teachers that have put their life into helping children learn, whether they're black, black, white 
Hispanic, or whatever you are. How can you make a statement like that? The, the mayor is very divisive, and this is how he leads the city. He likes to divide people. He likes to divide people by borough, the outer boroughs versus the the uh, the city. He likes to divide people by race, by religion. Look at he wanted to uh, do away with the SHS, SHSAT exam, which, if your listeners aren't aware, is is the entrance exam to the specialized high school. This Brooklyn is, Tech and exactly yeah. Brooklyn Tech, Stuyvesant, yeah. Townsend Harris, Bronx Science. He wants to get rid of that. To, to take away educational opportunities from some really terrific smart kids who are accelerated learners who can't be trapped in failing schools. Let's take them and put them in a school where they can grow, where they can excel, where they can get into the Harvards and break the cycle of poverty. And, and, and most of them are immigrants. Most of them happen Asian. to be Asian immigrants. But and the no mayor, one cares about but the, the mayor doesn't consider Asians minorities because he only sees black and white. The mayor is divisive. And that's how he governs. And that's how he wants some of his commissioners, like the education chancellor. Who he picks. Carranza. By the way, what happened to the guy in Miami? Uh, that, the, everybody remember him? He was supposed to come to New yeah, York. And then, I don't know what happened. We should call him, get him on the show. But the point, maybe he would have been better than Carranza. He probably started reading. He Googled Bill de Blasio and started reading all these articles. He says, I can't work for this nut job. The mayor is simply uh, out of control. And the point is this. This is really the, the one uh, caveat that I think people should take some comfort in knowing. Yeah. The city of New York is on autopilot, okay? The garbage is still picked up on time. The cops are doing a great job, you know, arresting the bad guys and gals. And the firemen and, and the firefighters are putting the, the, the fires out. That the city is bigger than one person. And so when people stop me on the street or in the supermarket or in a restaurant, wherever they see me, they say, Eric, this mayor sucks. He's got to go. De Blasio is the worst. They, they say the same thing to you. I say, listen, thank God for term limits because we're done with this guy in 2021. And thank God that the city is bigger than any one person and that the things that we rely on from a day-to-day -day basis, that they will still be taken care of because of the great civil service workers that we have and the people that keep the city moving forward. Well, and, and you, I want to thank you because you uh, were one of the most decorated, I think, treasured members of the NYPD. I think that the police department in New York, and I know you agree with me, Bo, they don't get the respect that they deserve now under this mayor. And for any of your listeners who are active or retired NYPD or other law enforcement, thank you for the great work that you've done to turn around the city and give our neighborhoods back to our residents and to our yeah, people. They, Thank you very much. I, for I talk to cops every day when I was just walking in here, and everybody's, oh, please keep on going. I got involved with a thing in Newark with a little Hispanic cop that was shooting at a car. They, they show one piece of the guy shooting at a car. They had two guns in the car. The guy, and all of a sudden they indict the cop on manslaughter. And when you see the whole picture, I had to get stand up. That's a cop in Newark. You know what it is? When once a cop, you bleed cop. The whole Eric Gardner thing. I did the op-ed pages. I've taken guys down with headlines. Dozens of times, nobody died. He was—he effectively—it's a terrible tragedy. No one's. It was—it was a tragedy. And and he, I think it's something that could have been de-escalated. Well, it could have well, went a different reality, way. Maybe. In reality, the way that he put, took him down in the headlock. When he's saying I can't breathe, he had acute asthma. He had acute heart problems. His sister died, I think, at 27 with a heart attack. And I talked to Doctor Baden on this one. He effectively, the when when you have asthma, I have asthma. If you don't open that wave, it has it, it contracts your heart when you're struggling to breathe and that then affected the coronary problem of the heart attack that killed him. And you can't say that Pantolino there woke up that day and said, oh, I'm going to kill somebody.
Gardner. And for people to say he murdered Eric Gardner, he didn't murder I don't Eric think, Gardner. I don't, think, I don't think he had any intent to kill him or to not murder at him all. at all. And not you at know all. what he wanted to do? It would have been okay. First of all, you see the sides of the cops to Eric Gardner. It would have been okay if he picked one of them up, drew him through the glass window, and had the cops head sliced Well, that, that would have been terrible. Um, you know, I was listening to the news just the other night, and they were saying, oh, the, the, uh, you know, a lot of reaction from the talking yeah. heads. And it's, oh, Trump is a racist and the pre- the Justice Department, we knew we weren't going to get justice under this president. What about the fact that five years ago when Eric Garner uh, died, you know, in Staten Island, that Obama was president in 2014? And gee, wait, wasn't the attorney general Eric Holder and then Loretta Lynch? How come that Justice Department in the last two years of the Obama administration, yeah. how come they didn't pursue a civil rights right. uh, investigation or seek an indictment at a federal level? They had two whole years, but nobody's mentioning that. Everybody wants to pretend that Donald Trump has been president, I guess, since and this Barr, tragedy yeah, occurred, yeah. and that and that Barr, Attorney General Barr and Trump are racist, and that's why there's not going to be a federal indictment, and that they ran out the clock on purpose for the five-year statute of limitations. That's not the case. Where was Obama? Where was his Justice Department? They could have easily and independently pursued their own federal indictment and where, investigation. Where was Obama? Obama, every time there was a questionable police shooting or the shooting with Trayvon Martin there in Florida, the the officer that uh, shot the fella in St. Louis and what happened in Cambridge, Massachusetts with the professor, you had a president open his mouth. If there's anything that could be divisive, he was there, open his mouth, instead of bringing them together. And I challenged him when I was a Fox News guy for 12 years. I challenged him about his hometown. We have over 6,000 murders in the last 10 years in Chicago, a small city. He never once said, well, how can we stop him? I always brought up about using federal RICO laws against these gangs, three or more involved in a criminal enterprise, guns, murder, drug dealing, robberies. There's an answer. There's an answer. But he didn't care. And this was his hometown. He only cared if there was a questionable. He was the, the, the catalyst of Black Lives Matter. Yeah, well, what about the black life of Talisha Johnson shot in the head seven years old on the stoop in Chicago. Where about her life? Does her life matter? And I'm, I, I, I love to debate this because where is the outrage of African Americans in America of what's going on in Chicago, Baltimore? Black people are being massacred by other blacks. Let's get it on and let's get to the conclusion of saving these people. Yeah, I, I think that the danger that we run is that New York even though we've made tremendous gains in reducing crimes to historic lows, and, and the NYPD is to thank, not de Blasio for that. We no, the know ga- that. They took the gangs off. Thank you. The gangs were responsible but for we most can, of these If we have dangerous elected officials in office, like Tiffany Caban in the Queens DA's office, <laughs> or like another Bill de Blasio for another four or eight years after he's out, we could very easily become Chicago. New York absolutely cannot become Chicago. We just can't allow that to happen. No, and you want to know something? The, the criminal element will take over the city. And it's not, it can't, it's not that it can't happen. We're going to go into a heat wave uh, this summer. We start to see little touches of it. Anything can set a riot. I was around in 77 when we had the big blackout. And the there. lights went out. When, uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden... They utilize that as an excuse, but it was a little different time. Right now, a lot of people are getting a lot of free stuff here in New York City, so they're a little more complacent than they were in 77. And that's part of the thing that I get frightened about with 
Trump not get reelected because people don't understand. Ninety percent of the people in America, well, I think, I think have been checked to check. If the president is reelected, there might be a riot in New York City, given the the animosity that people have. Towards well, he, the you president. notice he doesn't come back visiting New York at all. I, I I could tell you he does. It's not always on his public schedule because I I live in <laughs> South Ozone Park, right by uh, one of your, right, right by uh, Don Peps, your favorite restaurant yeah. there on Lefferts Boulevard, and uh, and I see the president's helicopters going back and forth every now and then. So I know he's in town, even though. Well, you know, when he lands there, he also goes over to uh, the golf course in Jersey. That could be. Yeah, yeah. He goes but I, I see Marine One, and uh, sometimes I see Air Force One. Yeah, but I don't think he comes into Fifth Avenue. And you want to know something? In reality, with the environment that we have now. He's damned if you do, he damned yeah, if you yeah, don't. Exactly. He, he could wake up and say it's exactly. raining, and if it's sunny, people are going to blame him for the uh, for the weather. It's just it's a shame. The, look, the economy's doing well. I would like to see the president talk more about how many jobs he's creating yep. and, and how many companies are relocating back to the United States about the fact that we're not in a war, about the fact that the Wall Street is doing great and that companies are... And we're strong around the world. And, and we're stronger well, around the people, world. People don't like him, but they respect if, him. If Obama was able to negotiate a, a peace deal or enter into meaningful peace talks with the North Korean leader, he'd get a, a second Nobel Peace Prize, right? Yeah. But Trump does it and they say, oh, it's only for optics, it's for that, it's yeah. for this. I, I'm not, I, I haven't always been the president's biggest fan. I've criticized him early on, but he is the president of the United States. I think it's unpatriotic for people to root for the president to fail. Even when Obama was president, I didn't vote for Obama, I didn't like well, Obama, for him. but I don't want the president to fail. When the president fails, the country fails. Now we're at a point in our, in our, in our history and in our, in our society where people are rooting for the president of the United States to fall flat on his every, face. Every and issue. I think it's disgusting. It's not patriotic. Absolutely. Uh, let's get back to New York because we're talking about job creation, companies relocating. Uh, there was a big uh, concern when Amazon was deciding hmm. to move to Queens. Uh, elected officials like AOC got and you know in wasn't even in her district that was the best part yeah so i mean th this was something that was going to bring a lot of jobs a lot of opportunities for other entrepreneurs to serve these uh, employees and it went kaput so what what are your thoughts on that amazon would have been a game changer not only for the borough of queens but for the entire city of new york the fact that a multi billion dollar company was coming to new york to create thousands of jobs they were going to build union pay prevailing wages it wasn't a question of that their per Permanent employees would have had an average salary of about $150,000, which is higher than a living wage, which is what the AOCs of the world and a prevailing wage are trying to push for. My point is this. You, you can't look a gift horse in the mouth. We chased Amazon. We, meaning these self-serving politicians in Western Queens, they... they, they chased Amazon right out of town. Amazon packed up and said, we don't need this. By the way, the billions of dollars in corporate welfare that everybody was criticizing them for, those were deferred property taxes, money that would have been saved anyway and given back to the city in payroll taxes and, and in all of the... Of course, what they the, spend, housing. The multiplying effect, exactly. Housing, thousands of good-paying jobs. Think of all the people in Queensbridge who wanted the jobs, by the way. The head of the tenant associations and the public right. housing, and the housing, housing, and public right housing and the projects, they wanted Amazon. Yeah. They said, these elected officials don't, we can walk don't to speak work. for us. Exactly. We have good-paying jobs. We're going to have access to better services in our community. We we want to see investments and revitalization in our neighborhood. Amazon was going to do it because the city and the government has failed to do that, has failed to deliver on those promises. Amazon's going to come and give that to us. We welcome them wholeheartedly. But who chased them out? 
Gianaris, and Michael AOC. Gina, and AOC. But here, you're hitting on that. You're hitting, and then they try to bring it. Then they try to bring it back because it was too late then. Because that's exactly the defining effort of what these lefty communists inspired. They really are, are communists. You hit Here's the nail right on the head. what it's all about: disruption. It's all about disruption, Eric. Not if it's right or wrong. Just disrupt. Disrupt, cause conflict, and that's what it's all about. And we all see with this Antifa and all this crap with my friend, that communist piece of garbage, George Soros, that punk from Hungary. What he does is he's the one that finances Antifa. They get dressed with their black masks, their vests with their bats. I was there during the inauguration, and these crumbuns were running around throwing defecation on people and uh, urine on people going to the uh, to the inaugural balls and all that. I mean, this it's all about disruption, and that's what communism is. Disruption. And we can see right now what's going on even in Puerto Rico. Now all of a sudden Puerto Rico's starting to get happy days again. I, I just never thought that I would see the day when elected officials from my own borough, from Queens, stand up and basically give the middle finger to a company that wanted to come here and create 25,000 good paying jobs. Not minimum wage jobs, not bad jobs, not jobs that people wouldn't want to do, but good paying jobs. And, and by the way, Amazon could have been a catalyst to bring other companies to come to New York City and, and invest and here. And to invest in our city and invest in our workforce. They, they had a partnership with CUNY. They were going to have a, a direct pipeline to get people certified with, with various high-tech jobs that, that pay a lot of money, pay a lot more money than I make, by the way. But the point is that we were going to put together a package that worked for real New Yorkers and provide meaningful change that the borough did, desperately needed. Did you know they also, Carla, did you know they also had plans for training the community people of these jobs, job training yes. to bring people who've never had that opportunity to make a really good salary? They were going to get a 600-seat brand-new school built as part of the deal as well. <laughs> and also, even the building service workers, they were going to allow them to be unionized to join 32BJ, which represents the, the, the doormen and the service building service workers in the city. So it's not that Amazon was anti-union. They were going to build union. They were going to allow the building service workers to be unionized. But the fact that these socialist, radical Democrats took 25,000 jobs and billions of dollars in potential tax revenue and flushed it down the toilet because they drank the Kool-Aid from AOC and everybody else. I think it's downright disgraceful, and we can never let that happen again. It, that was, I don't know if we'll ever have that opportunity. I mean, this was, a, this was a diamond opportunity for New York City, for the people of New York, and this is just how they operate. It's disruption, chaos. That's what they want in America. They don't want people to be happy. They want people to be angry and have conflict. That's I don't know what I where the anger comes from. Um, and quite frankly, I, I, I think that the media underreports the fact that a lot of these lefties are anti-Semitic. They say awful, terrible things yeah. about not only the state of Israel, but the Jewish people. And they seem to have a high tolerance for things that are, uh, you know, blatantly anti-Semitic. And, and I just think that, that part of the problem here is the fact that the mainstream media just doesn't report on the truth all of the time, you know, and, uh, it, it, and 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 I think it's I think it, they're doing a disservice to the average well, New Yorker. You know, I tell you what, in the morning I used to watch CBS Morning News, 
and I would watch them in the morning with Gail King, who I used to like. Now, all of a sudden, CBS Morning News has turned into a racially divisive news organization. Everyone on there is African-American. I, I, don't, I don't know anybody under 50 that watched CBS. Now, so listen just, to just this. Just to let you know. Jim. No, but listen to this. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, the, the, four, the, the four stooges, I call them now, the four of those, Congresswoman, she interviews. I mean, it's just the most divisive again. So now I flicked it over, and I looked at Channel 4, and then all of a sudden that started. Then I went to 7, I saw a little munchkin there, uh, Stephanopoulos. And then all of a sudden I see my friend on uh, Channel 5, uh, Rosanna Scotto. I love Rosanna. She's great. great. And I even like the uh, co-host, the heavyset black woman there. She's great with Rosanna Scotto. They're they're, they're wonderful. And I tell you what, I don't know where to to watch the news. I want to watch local news without giving me your opinion. Give me the friggin' news. I don't want to know what your opinion is. And that sucks. When you turn it on, you don't know what to believe. Yeah. Another issue that's uh, coming up in New York, specific to New York, is uh, a group of landlords and those in the real estate industry are suing to uh, overturn these uh, rent stabilization laws that were passed. Uh, what do you think of that? And, uh, you know, one of the points they make is that. of rent-stabilized tenants make over $100,000 a year, and that kind of could hurt people that don't make a lot of money that are trying to get into that barrier of entry and and rent an apartment. You know, we in New York are making it so hard for property owners. You know, let's forget about the rent-stabilized apartments for just a second. How difficult it is for a senior citizen who has a two-family house in Queens or Staten Island in the Bronx or Brooklyn, and they're renting their their apartment upstairs because they need the extra income. They have to pay the water bills. They have to pay this high property taxes. They got a high cost of living. Maybe that senior citizen or that immigrant family is living on a fixed income or only one source of income, and they've got this rent coming in, and that's supposed to supplement and help them. They're living on Social Security, and the rent helps them correct the eat. Their tenants. Okay, can wreck the apartment, stop paying the rent. You've got to take them to court. The judge will give them six or eight months or nine months free rent, but you still got to pay your water bills. You still got to pay the rent. You still got to pay to maintain your property. And if you don't, you will get fines from the buildings department, inspected by HPD, nickel and dime from every city agency, threatening letters in the mail from the Department of Finance. My point is that we are making it nearly impossible to be a property owner in the state of New York. Are there reasonable reforms that needed to be enacted? Sure, to protect the rights of people from being abused by the really bad actors out there. And and there are definitely a few bad actors. But at the end of the day, we have made it so difficult and so expensive to be a property owner that people don't want to uh, invest in real estate anymore. And, and we're going we're to destroy that market as well in the city. I mean, you're going to see it's going to flatten out and eventually it's going to go down because we're basically taking the keys out of the landlord's hands, giving them to the tenant. And why? Because, again, this, this socialist, ultra-left wave took over Albany because the Republicans lost the state yeah. Senate. We knew that. Thanks to Cox. Good. And uh, yeah, there are a lot of reasons for that. But, you know, the Democrats took control of the assembly. They've had control of the assembly. They took control of the state Senate. The governor is afraid of his own shadow because he doesn't know what he's going to do. Cuomo, where is he in all of this? And the so-called progressives were driving the train on the rent regulations. And 
they really went off the deep end. And I think that they're doing a disservice to the people who need affordable housing because we do have an affordable housing crisis in the city. But we are not doing enough to create more units, to increase the supply, to stabilize the market, and to help the tenants. Here's a perfect example, too, is you got my friend Steve Ross uh, with Vernado, not Vernado, related. They just built this mega city on the west side. Hudson Yards. There's not one apartment that anybody can afford a normal human being. Something like that. And they got all kinds of tax incentives. Something like that. If I was the mayor, I'd say, well, come here, uh, uh, Mr. Ross. Here, let me explain something to you. You want these tax incentives? You give me at least 20% of affordable housing that people of this city, minimal city, I mean, minimal job people can well, afford. Well, that was the 80-20, but they well, did no, away with that. They did away with they that. They did away with was, the 80 20 you're going to build, you build something so people can afford also. Now you go over there, I think a one studio is not less than $5,000 a month rental. Who can afford that? Your buddy Jimmy McMillan said the rent is too damn high, yeah. remember? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, but he was right about that. The rents are astronomically high. And, and they're building these buildings. You can luxury. look at a picture. But who the hell is buying them? Nobody, Nobody. can. Can you imagine a one-bedroom or one and a half bedroom condo in a in a high rise in Long Island City going for close to a million dollars. A million dollars for an apartment. The same one over the west side would go for two and a half million. It's it's insane. But how and, and who's moving into the city and how, how can they afford it? What about the people that have been in the city their whole lives, raising their out. families, they're and, getting pushed out, senior citizens every area, in particular? At first it was Manhattan, good real estate. Next it went over to Brooklyn. Brooklyn went berserk. Queens, now your neighborhood. Hey, your old neighborhood in, in East New York the, yeah. with the rezoning. They're building buildings left uh, and right. Uh, but, at, but who's being hurt? Latinos yeah. are being hurt. The Bangladeshis are being hurt. The senior citizens that have lived there for yeah. so long, they're, they're getting pushed now out the of new, their own neighborhoods. Now the new, the new, uh, new areas, your area called south bronx yeah there's uh you probably wouldn't walk there in the daylight five years ago now people walking down the street with lattes and (laughs) uh, there's art galleries and you can charge your cell phone at one of those kiosks but i tell you what you know eric you're one of i mean how's it feel it's like the alamo you're like davy crockett i'm like uh surrounded by indians you're like the last guy swinging you you got no bullets you're just swinging your butt of your rifle because of this uh, onslaught of these communist bastards that are coming. They're like they're like uh, Pac-Man, and they're coming at you. How do you go into the city council? I thought the city council more resembles the bar scene from Star Wars now, right? <laughs> so the cantina. The <laughs> it, it's, I mean, they got some real winners in there. And that guy who beat you for the uh, for the uh, what was that? Jamani Williams, public. I ran shake for public guy. Yeah, shake and bake. What's with him? Why is he shake like but that? He, look, he, he's not a bad guy. I think his policies are, are a little off the mark, but he was always a gentleman to me. The point is this. I ran for public advocate in the nonpartisan special election. What was his background? There were 17. What was his background Hold on. We'll get back to that. Council. We'll get back to that in one second. There were 17 candidates on the ballot. I came in second place. I did New Yorkers a favor. I ended the career of, of uh, the other communist, what's her name? Um, council speaker, Melissa uh, Mark Veverito. For, for yeah. Frito, she's over in Puerto Rico. <laughs> MMV, but she came in third place. Everybody, oh, MMV, MMV. She's she's the front runner. She came in third place. You add her and the, and the fourth place person. I still got more votes than they did. I got eighty thousand votes. I think it showed that there's there's a there are deep pockets in the city of common sense voters. I won the borough of Queens. I won Staten Island. We did terrific in Southern Brooklyn. Jamani really ran up the numbers. He did a great job everywhere else. 
and uh, some of these other Democrats that were on the ballot, they couldn't even win their own districts, which I think was really embarrassing. The point is this, is that there is a moderate, middle-of-the-road, sensible New Yorker who says, I just want to get up every day, go to work, pay my bills, take care of my family, and I don't want to be bothered with this left-wing crap. And, and enough of them showed up, not enough for me to win, but I think we sent the message, and I'm very proud of that campaign. You know, across America, African-Americans and Hispanics, they're doing very, very well. I mean, they got great jobs, and they got great family values. A lot of families out there, they don't want this thing with no borders and all these people, because they don't want to be disrupted. They've now found a place in America that they feel comfortable. Family values, good money coming, good jobs. Look, look at now, what do you want to destroy? Look at Southeast Queens. You have yeah. terrific neighborhoods. Yep. You got Cambria Laurelton, Heights. You got Cambria Heights. You got sure. Rosedale. Solid, middle class, right. hardworking communities of color yep. where they're thriving, they're doing well, they, and, and they're great people. They're do you amazing. Want that, do they want their children to live up in uh, But my point is, I don't think that they believe in the AOC philosophy. They, they're Democrats, right? And yeah. some of them are left of center, and some of them are more conservative than you or I am. Let's face mm. it, especially in Reverend Flake's church. Yeah, if you've ever been I like to, Reverend. Uh, Floyd Flake is a great friend, great New Yorker. Yeah. We was a great congressman, but he beat me for congressman. I know, you know, but he's a, but he's a great. I know you became friends with him in yeah, years very after. Good he's, he's a special person. But I'm saying he's a little sick. He's too. not well. But yeah. my point is that he represented, I think, the the bread and butter and the hardworking communities there, and uh, and they built those communities up tremendously. You're, you're a little young, but we used to have a guy that used to run my uncle's best friend. He used to be giving him money all the time. My uncle Joey, Joey Timpanaro, he used to have the plumbing company there in Osong park and i used to go to the knights of columbus and it was the great congressman joe adabo now when joe adabo used to run for united states congress he was the head of the defense appropriation and his seat was the seat that my brother al garrett well, he passed saw. away yeah yeah he yeah he, he, but he was the deal when he used to run when he go to the voting booth Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal. He used to run on every line, every line, because everyone loved him. And that's the problem. Too much Democrat, Republican. I call upon people in New York City that listen to us tonight, uh, today, that you have a choice. Do we like what's going on or do we want to go back to the caveman days when you have to worry about going out of your house and getting robbed and your kids have to worry about getting stuck up? We must Pull this back, and we must have leaders that care about family values, care about our children and our grandchildren. So this is going to be a perfect example of what happens in Queens County if we let this liberal Coban get in there, no matter who runs against Coban. I don't care if it's a, a, a Democrat turned into a Republican or a Republican. We must show we don't want to go back to caveman days. We need people to come out and vote, too. The level of apathy out there. People just, they, they've given up. They put up their arms. Said I've had it. I'm moving to Florida. I'm moving to North Carolina. Yep. I can't take it anymore. Between De Blasio, between AOC, between all this nonsense, you know, I just I don't care anymore. No, we still need you to care. We still need you to show up at the polls. We need you to register your your dissatisfaction, your outrage, your your frustration. Can because you promise by, me one thing. Yeah, I want you to head this up. I want you to pop. Mrs. de Blasio back on the hot seat. And I called out to my friend. When I ran for mayor, she was very nice to me. And I have a lot of respect to her for our attorney general. And I don't know if she's going to utilize and go after her. She should go after and find out these are city's funds. The attorney general of New York State, if this governor, my friend, whose dad was my friend, Mario Como was my friend, if his son had some ball power, he would tell the attorney general, wait a second, what? what's going on in New York City? We're 
all this money. Tis James is a personal friend of mine. She's a great attorney general. And the one thing that I think you know, and I, I just want to put out there, is that she doesn't get told what to do by anybody. Well, so let I, me don't, tell I, don't, you I don't think I don't think you need the governor well, to tell her to do something. something. I'm Why saying don't you that do me a favor? She, she is fiercely independent, and I think that um, if there's if there's any criminality or any whiff that there's something criminal involved with that uh, Thrive NYC, there's no doubt in my mind that she would go Why after it. Why don't you it. give her a call, Eric? I'm very serious. Let's invite her up to Dom Pepe during the week. Let's let's invite her out to dinner. I'll pick up the check. Maybe Mateos. Uh, I like Mateos, Mateos, yeah, Mateos too. Yeah, like... yeah, we'll go to Mateos on Quest Bay Boulevard. You invite uh, our great attorney general, Telbo, would love to uh, to uh, have her uh, as his guest for dinner. I don't want nothing. Right. I would just love to as see As you're not a registered lobbyist. You're not a registered, no, I'm not okay, a registered right. lobbyist. <laughs> but I'd love to take her out to dinner. And this is an issue that burns my rectum. Burns my rectum <laughs> like a, what are you laughing about? That's a good if phrase. you ever eat like hot sauce yeah. and you go to bathroom the next day, what happens? You get a burned rectum. Right. So that's a burned rectum. It's burning it my rectum Pepsi to know that, that New York City with all this money flowing through it, with this moron who came out of nowhere, who came from uh, uh, Cuba, uh, 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 the Nicaragua, and he loves communism. And this guy's in charge of these billions, $80 billion budget. This freaking moron with his happy day wife there, his pot-smoking crew that can't move on, is in charge of $80 billion. And no one's going to ask the tough questions. I want our attorney general to step up. Let's look at what happened with that money? Hey, do you know who I blame for Bill de Blasio? Who? Anthony Weiner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. We, we were trying to get him on the show, right, Anthony? Yeah. I don't know. He's he, on a gag order, I think. I, yeah, something on a gag Well, let me tell you something, Eric. Again, I'll say it in front of the lid that we have a lot of people listen to this podcast. You're one honest tough guy and you stand by your rights. I know they came after you because you endorsed me. They came after you so bad That's because all right. you, were, you supported me. I have loyal friends and, and loyal look, enemies. And the funny part about it is I'm a lifelong Republican. This judge goes, you're not a Democrat. You're not a Republican. You don't have any line. Like like I, I thought it was a black man in, in the South in the 1900 where I can't vote. She goes, you have nothing. And I looked at it. I says, Your Honor, I'm a lifelong Republican. You're taking my Republican party plus the democrat no line i, I couldn't even get a line of bodita line couldn't find me it was Horrible. awful but you know what we live to fight another day we got to fight the good fight we can't allow the liberals the communists and all the other crazy kooks out there that are on television to run the show why don't you run for uh, for for this district attorney uh, no I'm, I'm not an attorney so what i would do a better job than uh, so on, that's for sure but no i'm not an attorney i wouldn't run for da and uh, you I'm, don't have to be attorney I, to i'm be term limited and you know what bo public service Service should not be a lifetime job. And I think that term limits are very good. We need them. I think we need them in Albany. Quite frankly, that's a place where, where they're desperately needed. And you know, we need real people with real world experience like yourself. No, we need, we need for Congress. We need real New Yorkers to step up to the plate to run for a political office so that we can start putting some common sense things yeah, but back You're into one of the it. smartest guys I know of all these You don't know that many people then. <laughs> no, no, you're very smart. You know the issues better than anybody. And during my run for mayor, you were very helpful to me, giving me information. And you're one of the smartest guys. What, did you ever think of taking her on? What a battle that would be, Ocasio against Eric. Oh, I, I, I think we definitely give her a run for the money. But I don't live in that district. 
And uh, apparently, neither did she until she decided to run for Congress. <laughs> I heard that she was, oh, she was from uh, Yorktown. I thought Westchester. I don't know. She's, yeah. she's got a bunch of problems. Well, I want to just thank you very, very much for coming on, Eric. And I'd love you to come back another time. But please, start this pot. And I'd like to get the Attorney General to have dinner with us. And I'd like to expose the First Lady of this city, what she did with all this money. I, I, I think that that's all going to come out. That's yeah. All gonna, yeah. I yeah, hope so. I think and so. And we do something every week. We call it the punk of the week. Now, it could be an issue. It could be a certain thing that's bothering you. What basically is bothering you? Today? Yeah. One issue, person, whatever. One issue that's bothering me today is the fact that uh, our buddy Big Bird here, Bill de Blasio, you know, he's just MIA. It, it just burns my ass, Bo, that uh, he got himself reelected under a lie, and he's just so delusional. He just thinks he's going to be president. We know he's not going to be president. By the way, he's polling at less than 1%. How embarrassing is this for the city? But he's running for mayor, and I've got real problems in my district. I've got problems in the Rockaways. They're still struggling after Hurricane Sandy. I've got uh, constituent issues that, that, that we need to fix and address. <laughs> God bless you. It's true. Thank the point you. is that I don't have confidence in this mayor to turn things around for the better. And I'm kind of worried that, you know, because he's in office for another two years. Two years is an eternity. Yeah, I mean, what, you're not going to get anything. It's just what's going the punk on of the in week Congress. Is, the punk of the week for me is the punk of the week every week, and that's Bill de Blasio. <laughs> he's the worst mayor that we've had in a very, very long time. And I don't, anybody who wants to debate me on that, any place, any time. This guy sucks, and if there's any way that we could get rid of him before... His term is over. There was an article in the paper the other day that the governor can remove him. Yeah. Sign me up. I'm all for it. We've got to get Bill de Blasio out. out. He's got to go. What about you? Oh, I got to. Hold on. If if he goes out, Jomani comes in. Jomani only becomes mayor temporarily. Oh, they have a special. Then there'll be a special election. Ah. And that's when Bo Deedle runs for mayor. No, 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 no. Again, I don't know. No, no. Bo Deedle will never run for anything anymore. But go ahead, Carl. So uh, my point is Yahoo News. Uh, They criticize the actor Chris Pratt. For a shirt, t-shirt he wore, it had the Gadsden flag, the Don't Tread on Me flag. It was a shirt that was a, uh, they, they, Yahoo said it was racist, but it was actually to support uh, veterans. It was a, to support wounded and killed veterans, and they went after him. And I think that's very shameful to, to go yeah. after some of the supporting, raising million dollars. Well, for, my punk of the week's a little slow, but my punk of the week is that punk football player. When they came out against the sneakers and the real punk of the week is Nike, how they backed and they placated to his bullshit about the 13 original colonies. You can't erase history. The 13 stars stood for America, formulating America. And that's what that signifies. And for them to placate to this First of all, he's white and black, but he wants to be black today. And what's his name? Kappa Kick? Colin Kaepernick. That guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even care how you say his name. He's a moron, and Nike's a bigger moron for placating to him. We got to stand up for this country. It was for, look, this country wasn't right when we first started. What they did to Italian immigrants, they used to call us guineas, and we were, we were, my uncles used to have to dig the tunnels for the Queen's Midtown Tunnel and all that. And it was garbage. We were treated like garbage. 
Even when I went on a force, an Italian cop was like, oh, if you weren't Irish, you're you're a guinea. I keep using the word guinea because I can because I'm Italian and I can use the word. And we went through some crap like guinea go home. But you want to know some things have changed. Things have changed. And we want people to be happy about wherever you come from. And my other real punk is that woman that wears that Abba Dabba do hat. What's it called? Uh, the, the congresswoman from Somalia. Omar. Yeah. She should shut her mouth. And if she doesn't like this country, I support Trump when he says her specifically. Go back to Somalia. You got dirty water. You got no food. You can't be gay. You can't be homosexual. You can't be lesbianic. They'll kill you. You know what? She's my real punk of the week. She should marry Kopernickel. And they can make a nice family I think family she married together. her brother. <laughs> I don't know. I but again, number. Eric, thank you so much. Thanks, how can bro. they find? Well, how can they find you, Eric? Well, I'm on uh, Twitter at Eric Ulrich 32. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, and uh, I'm on the subway in about a half hour on well, my way back to Queens. Well, spell your last name for the viewing audience. E R I C U L R I C H. Eric Ulrich, and I'm uh, very pleased to be here again with you, Bo. Well, You're a great you. friend, a great New Yorker, and uh, all the best to you and rest of the summer. Yeah. How can they find all us? All right. Thanks again to Councilman Eric. Eric Ulrich. Uh, you can find us. We're on social media. We're at One Tough Podcast on Twitter. Bo's at Bo Deedle on Twitter and at The Real Bo Deedle on Instagram. You could also send us any emails, questions, comments, concerns uh, to One Tough Podcast at gmail.com. We love answering our viewer questions and taking your suggestions. And we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.